Are you seeing what I'm seeing? The same headlines I'm seeing. In Chicago, 55 schools report zero proficiency in their students on math and reading. We need to talk about this. Welcome to Grounded, the place to hear the salty truth. I'm your host, Scott Cates, coming to you live from the Northeast Georgia mountains, right here in the tiny town of Tiger, where today it is a beautiful, sunshiny, about 70-degree day on the day I'm recording this and getting this ready. I so many things to talk about today. I wanted to sort of get away from current events for a moment, but I can't seem to get away from current events because these are this is what's happening right now. A number of things uh, came out yesterday. Uh, one of those that I saw uh, as well, we're, this, this program is dedicated to losing sight of the absolutes. We're definitely losing sight of the absolutes. We're ignoring the absolutes. And we're removing the absolutes from even children's lives. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But the first headline that I wanted to really talk to you about coming directly from major, major news network is this. It says the CDC adds COVID-19 vaccines to official immunization schedules for kids as young as six months. The schedule, which is posted on the CDC's website, recommends that children between six months and the age of 18 years old should now receive two doses of the primary series between four and eight weeks apart and then followed up eight weeks later with a third dose. So the vaccine and two boosters being given to six-month to 18-year-olds. Now, this is included in the regular immunizations that students would actually have, that children would actually have. And what's so big about this headline is the fact that this is what normally public schools in many states adhere to. As a matter of fact, outside of... The only, the only times that they usually move outside of this only have to do with the flu vaccine. We're not sure if they're going to do that with the COVID-19 vaccine. But one thing's for sure, the COVID-19 vaccine has certainly gotten more airplay, basically, than the flu. But the recommendation is there. Now, the same news organization has been reporting a number of different things about the COVID-19 vaccine and about the side effects that have come from that to children and how detrimental it is to give these children six months to 18 years, this kind, really to 25 years, this shot. And then again, for even senior adults, 60 and up, this shot and the potential side effects that are there that have come in record numbers, really, in different places. The heart damage that can be done to children, the fact that they've given the vaccine, and studies have been done in the fact of, of that vaccine, that giving the vaccine to these children, that they cannot perform at sporting events like they once did before they had the vaccine, and that irreparable heart damage that's done to many of them by receiving this vaccine. This is all not. This is not me being a conspiracy theorist. This has actually been reported from this same exact reputable news website. And so now all of a sudden, it's going to get approved for children six months 
and up. Now, I understand polio and smallpox and measles. I understand all of those things. I understand meningitis. I understand all of that. I understand getting a vaccine for those things. I, I can understand and getting a vaccine for those things. And the years that went into the testing for those vaccines, that that would be the case. The danger that was behind those diseases was brutal. But we're talking COVID-19. Now, with that, even the decline in the, the hostility on the body of, from, from COVID-19, the reports of that have even gone down, same websites, including the CDC. Those reports have gone down as well. But all of a sudden, now we've got to have a vaccine for these children. What that means is this, that if your child is going to go to public school, being mandated to have the COVID vaccine, for those of you that don't want it, that right is about to be removed from you to say, no, I'm not giving it to my child. That's not a good thing. Now, I'm, this is on the heels of last week talking to you about the fact that legislation is being approved or trying to be approved that would give children the right or, or would give schools the right that if children want to change their gender, that the parents would not know about it. This simply means this. And there are questions that are being asked of young children now already in public schools about do they feel comfortable in the gender that they're in? If not, why not? All, all of these things. There are questions actually being asked about their sexuality as young children, as young as five and six years old. And so then at the, as those questions are asked, if a teacher is, being, is talking to them, and there are many that, that talk to these children and influence them as well, and if they're being influenced to change their gender, you know nothing about it. A, a school guidance counselor who might be working with your child, you would know nothing about it. A principal who might be leaning in that direction, working with your child, you would know nothing about it. No ability to protect your child from that decision. The COVID-19, the right to be taken away from you to make that decision for your child is just the beginning and these are small things it looks like in the scale of all. But so many pieces of legislation are being passed to remove the ability for you to protect your children from the things to come. It's startling to the mind. Brings me over actually today. That's just a bonus at the beginning of this. Because when we get into talking about even your children's education, that's not in your hands either. And we see 55 schools that report zero proficiency. I'm not talking about 10% or 2%. We're talking zero proficiency. The inability to read and write on a zero proficiency on that grade level at all, no matter what. 55 schools in the Chicago area. But if you go down and you look even farther into this study, you'll see that statewide in the state of Illinois, you'll see more than 80 schools that have zero proficiency. And it's zero proficiency in two areas, math and reading. 
math and reading. This is important. We read this and we say, oh, well, big deal. A couple of subjects, no big deal. No, no, no. You need to understand these subjects are the absolutes. These subjects are the absolutes. And they're not just behind because the blame for this, for them being behind in those subjects, has to do with the fact that the COVID-19 pandemic had them out of schools and they were at home doing virtual learning. Okay, I can buy some of that. I can buy some of the fact that they were out of school. I can buy some of the fact that they were in virtual learning. And I also understand that not everybody is going to opt to do that. And so they're going to get behind. I get it. But if you go back to 2019 and you look at the same study, they were behind at the same rate then. Still counting zero proficiency in math and reading before the pandemic. Wait a minute. What does that mean? Well, we're not finding zero proficiency in, in subjects like science. No, because science is not an absolute. Science is not an absolute, folks. They're still teaching Darwinism. Do you understand that when DNA was actually discovered, the idea, when DNA, when the discovery of DNA took place, it should have thrown the whole idea of Darwinism right on out the door. There's a reason for that, because in Darwinism, always looking for the missing link between this species to connect it to that one. What we discovered with DNA, hey, each species is of its own. There will be no missing link. Well, that theory should have been chucked right on out the door when that took place. But it wasn't. No, we're still kind of going on the origin of species, and we're going on the theory of evolution, and which is still just a theory. And from 1960 forward to now, the scientific discoveries that have disproven Darwinism to be so far from absolute truth have been startling. And yet, we still teach it. Why? Because it's not an absolute. It can be anything it needs to be, no matter how you disprove it. So science is not going to be an absolute. Well, what about history? History is not on this list either. What about history being? Well, history being taught today is also not an absolute. It should be. It should be that we're teaching the fact of what happened in the past. But now today you're giving kind of dramatic license, I guess. And so a teacher or an entire district can be teaching whatever they want to about history and their opinion and what they like and what they don't like. And there are a lot of omissions about history, especially when it comes to things that we just don't like. We don't like the atrocities that took place there, so we're going to erase that from our history. The problem with that, when you do that, the problem is those atrocities will come again because we do learn from our mistakes Our children will never know that they were a mistake. And because they won't know that they were, then here comes that mistake somewhere else in history. So you can paint Hitler to look like a saint all you want to. But don't be surprised when one rises up to try to do exactly what he did again if you remove that atrocity 
from history. Now, history can't be an absolute. It's not going to be an absolute. Can I just get the sidebar on that? I went to see that Elvis film that was out, by the way. And I got about an hour into it, and they were driving down Beale Street in 1954 with rap music playing. Um, that's that dramatic license. I'm just I'm curious. It's 19. It's 1954. There's no rap music in 1954. Just saying. Got about an hour and a half into the film. Got up and walked out. I just there was so much dramatic license applied there that it just took away from the truth. The same thing's happening in history. Well, social studies. Well, when we start getting into this study of the behavior of mankind, that's opened up. That's open to all kinds of super liberal interpretation that's being taught every single day. Art, unless you're teaching the history of it as an absolute, there's not a lot of absolute there. And physical education, well, not an absolute, not like math is. Now, I, the absolutes have been for some time, it's been, I, I've seen this, and 20, plus 30 years ago, working with students, even back 30 to 35 years ago. I had athletes that would come in when I would work with students that could barely write their name and were being passed through school. So there was some of that already taking place, but not on a large scale, not where entire schools, not, not like this, where whole schools, where you've got 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 kids per school, and you've got 80 of those across the state that have zero proficiency in mathematics and zero proficiency in reading. No, not, not, not on that scale. Have we ever seen, I don't think, like it is today. And so when you're talking about the absolutes, mathematics, two plus two equals four. Well, we're already beginning to remove our idea of that when teachers at some, in some places would say, well, you know, if you, a student would write the wrong answer, two plus two equals five. But then it was wrong to call that wrong because it was the student's right to want to believe that it was five. And baby, it's okay. If you want to believe it's five, I'll, I'll give you a perfect score. And we started moving into that. Well, that's dangerous. And it's, if I bring you four bottles of coca-cola and i lay them on the table and i ask you how many are there and you look at me and say five and i go one two three four how many are there five <laughs> no no let me go back again one two three the absolute one two three four there's absolute there and to see five that's not absolute not at all So the removal of the absolute was already beginning to start to come. It, it wasn't about the absolute of the fact that there are four things on the table and that equals out to be there are one, two, three, four, that equals out to be four. Two plus two equals four. It became to the point, how do you feel about two plus two? Do you want two plus two to equal four? Maybe two plus two could equal five. And the absolute was being already removed from that standpoint, which was already dangerous in the day. Because when you do that, then the why teach it anyway? You get it. Then there's reading. English. The English language. Well, I'll tell you what. I have actually with me right here today uh, 
a dictionary, an American dictionary of the English language from Noah Webster in 1828. Folks, I recommend that if you care about the English language at all, that you purchase one of these. This is not something I recommend. You go to some site and look at the definition of the terms from some website. I'm recommending that you buy this in its paper form. A facsimile copy is perfect. That's what I have in my hand. And they're not cheap. To actually get the Webster's Dictionary from 1828, you can pay in the range of about $100 for one of these. And sometimes finding them used in that kind of price range. But it is basically the genuine Bible of the English English language. Much has been changed since 1828. But do you realize that in the in this Webster's Dictionary of 1828, backing up the definitions on many of these words, most of these words really, you'll find Scripture as the basis for the definition of the words. He bases the definition of these words on Scripture because they knew that culture would change, but Scripture would not. So today, what you see is a changing of the words based on culture. And you also see a mandate, a huge mandate, of the changing of the lingo and words. And I realize that we're America, and slang is like our first format of the way that we speak our language, and that no other language is quite like ours as far as slang is concerned. But I'm not talking about slang. I'm talking about changing the absolute truth behind individual words. Two years ago, I set out to basically do a word study. And I took a number of words out of Webster's Dictionary. And I looked, took, to, took a look at how those terms had been changed today to make it more palatable for us to believe certain things. And they had removed the definition of those words. Today, those, the definition of those certain words have been removed from their absolutes and been made very abstract so that even just by general communication today to define what is absolute is difficult. And we already knew that that was coming to be politically correct and to be as vague as possible in the way that you speak was already coming on a professional realm and it has been for some time. We're down to a point now where trying to address gender and discover what that actually looks like. I, can, I cannot imagine a police officer trying to describe, you know, when a suspect is running, you know, instead of him saying, you know, it's a, it's a male, you know, approximately this age, you know, 35 years of age, you know, wearing, you know, he can't say a police officer not being able to describe. Well, they were approximately mid-height, and they are, there's no way. How would you ever discover and find? There are no absolutes. I actually was in a place in Atlanta. May have told you about this already. I was in a place in Atlanta where I was just walking and about to, uh, to uh, go up a staircase, and there was an arrow there at the staircase, but the word that they used to describe where you were headed just said somewhere. Let's be as vague as possible. And with an up arrow, but somewhere. I took a picture by that. I thought, wow, that is, how, where have we come? The English language and its absolute has been under attack 
for quite some time. This is nothing new. But the removal of it now, that's a big deal. So now, in instruction, when we come to schools and children, the removal of the absolutes. It isn't about the stories and how you feel and about emotion and about things being... It's about the absolutes. It's about mathematics and the 2 plus 2 equals 4 and the, all the equations of mathematics. And you're going to see in just a second in the last article that I have what that actually looks like as well. And to what extreme has it actually gone? We're talking about elementary age and middle and high school age levels, yes. What about the college level? Well, let me just read this to you. Again, reputable news sites that I'm reading this. And it says this. This is a religious school, a Catholic university in Northern Virginia is getting ready to cut 10 traditional majors and programs out of its curriculum. It says, this plan would eliminate bachelor's degrees in, number one, ready, theology. How could you be a religious school and eliminate theology? And then religious studies is right behind that. You're a Catholic school, and you're going to eliminate theology and religious studies from your curriculum. Okay. Philosophy is next. Okay. Then mathematics, art, history, sociology, English, economics, and then finally secondary education. And we'll all also, at the same time, they are going to eliminate their master's program in English and in humanities. That means we're, we're going to remove English and the absolute out of the master's program. And in your bachelor's degrees, the degrees like English, mathematics, economics. By the way, economics is an absolute because you can look at the history of what has taken place. That's what you're doing. You're studying the economics of the past, which is absolute. It's actually more accurate than history, than the study of history itself right now. All of these are being removed. This is a part of it. Here's the reason why. It says why right here. It says digital disruption, economic conditions, and the explosion of low-cost online course providers have put pressure on universities to reinvent their institutions. In other words, culture is pressing us to do this in order to compete. Students have more choices than ever for where to earn a college degree. And we must respond wisely to the demand. Which means this. What they're saying here is this. Students no longer have an interest in these degrees. They're not looking for the absolute. That should tell you something. That just because, and by the way, we can look back and look at and, and, and see in those Illinois areas that from 2019 to 2023, those studies, that's four years of absolutes, zero proficiency in absolutes in those schools. And by the way, around the nation, it's not just going to be there, that you're probably going to discover around the nation that it might not be zero proficiency, but the proficiencies are going to be lower in things in mathematics and English in most places today. Because they are the absolutes. And they are the things 
we are today speaking in such vague terms. We're, we're doing things in such a, a, a vague way of life that we don't want the absolutes, that the absolutes are too much to be handled. And we are currently bringing generations into this right now. What does that mean? Well, if your children do not know the absolutes, if they're not available to be taught and they're not being taught, and by the way, you need to understand, well, you might be able to say today, well, you know, I could stand up. I can stand up here and I can, I'm a parent. My, my role is to protect my child. My role is to protect, I agree with you on 100%. Our role is to protect our children. And really our number one goal is to protect our children from evil because children do not have a sense of protection from evil over their lives. There are a number of reasons for that, but we do have, as believers, a responsibility there. So I get it. Getting into town hall meetings and literally going to school board meetings and doing all of that, I get. But you need to understand that even going to school board meetings and town hall meetings is not affecting a single thing most of the time. They'll hear you out because they have to. But the bottom line, and included in this article that I was reading from about the 55 schools, Included in that article is a chart of the federal funding to these schools, which is not being touched at all. And so as long as schools are teaching like this, they are being rewarded with federal funding to do so. So you can stand up and take your grievances all you want to to these meetings, but it's not going to affect the federal funding one iota. And you're going to pay your taxes. And be told that you have a right. But none of that's being cut. None of that's being affected. None of the jobs of those teachers are being affected in one way or another. Which means you can go at it from that standpoint. But there's a more important standpoint that you need to go at it by. The absolutes are being removed. Catastrophically removed from our children's lives. For one reason, one reason alone. And I can actually go to Scripture and tell you what's coming. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. By the way, you're listening to Grounded. Thank you for being with the program today and listening to me. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. This is Paul talking. Lawlessness is already at work right in his day and, and getting worse and worse as time progresses. And only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. The he's are capitalized. That's God who is restraining the lawlessness. And then the lawlessness one, the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one, by the way, the preparation of the one who's coming, is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. So for this very reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe the lie, not just the lie, but lies altogether, which you're wondering why there's so much of a lack of truth now in this time, we're getting ready, folks. That they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but took pleasure and had pleasure in righteousness. 
what's well, so what are we to do? In verse 15, he, he actually covers that. He says this, Therefore, brethren, stand fast. That means hold on to the absolutes that you do know. Stand fast and hold to the traditions in which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Let God establish you. Let him comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. We're to hold on. We're to stand fast. We're to do what we've been called to do. One of those things that we've been called to do is protect our children from evil. Folks, we can go to the town hall meetings, and I'm not saying that we should not do that, but we should be doing this at home. Children do not have the sense of protection from evil for their lives. They do not. They're not. They don't have it. And without having absolutes being taught to them, there's no way that they're going to find it on a public school level, period. They're not. As parents, we know. And because we love them, we do our best to protect them from evil. You're going to say, well, you're telling me not to send my kid to public school. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that when they get home, we need to be working in their lives. That's important. They need our undivided attention. We need to know what they're doing, where they are, where they're going. We need to know all of it. We need to know if they're being asked the questions like, are you comfortable being a boy or a girl? Would you be more comfortable being other than that? We need to know that those questions are being asked. We need to know the teachers that are teaching them. What are their backgrounds? What are they leaning toward? Are they teaching the absolutes? That's important. We've been born into a world that's broken, folks. We wake up every day in a world where evil exists, and it runs rampant. It seeks to devour someone, and right now it's seeking to devour our children by removing the absolutes of their life. The two plus two equals four, and what do these words mean? We ourselves are seeing every day things that God never intended us to see. Do you realize that? We, we ourselves are seeing that. Yet our children are being exposed, even on an elementary school level, to things that they were never intended to see. Folks, they are literally seeing and hearing things about sexuality they were never intended to see at the age that they're at. All of us, every single one of us, we're allured and deceived and seduced by the sin of this world. And our children, for the most part right now, in ways you never thought. I work with middle school students right now during the week. And I'll tell you, they ask questions that most adults would never ask me because of what they're dealing with every single day in school. And that is in our little tiny town. So oftentimes, we forget. They forget that there's sin within them. They don't even know. They don't realize that they've got sin within them. We're so often teaching them about the influence of the outside world and the things that are coming that we forget and they forget that they're sinful too. If you don't think that's not the case, wait until someone comes to you as a parent. And it doesn't matter. Adopted parent, by the way, single parent, you're a grandparent that's raising your children and your love for them. You don't want to believe that their sinful nature is exactly where it is until somebody comes to you and says, do you realize your child did this today? 
the first response usually, oftentimes with the parent, is they're blown out of the water. Not my child. Surely they knew better. You don't want to believe it. You yourself don't want to believe that their sinful nature is what it is. But I'm telling you, within your child and within you, we have a sinful nature that, uh, that literally is being allured and seduced and deceived and being tugged on and pulled on to move in those directions. We have a responsibility to protect our children in that generation, our, that next generation from this. The true danger is the sin that reigns within. It's the power of that sin within our hearts. And the alluring world is getting worse and worse, but we've got to realize we have that within us and they have that within them. It's that that's attracted and allured to the world. So we've got to guard ourselves from that and we've got to teach them how to guard themselves from that evil as believers in Jesus Christ. It begins with the Holy Spirit that's within every believer. When you know Jesus Christ, you are guided into all truth. Now, it's important that you understand this too, that there's a struggle that always is going to be there while we are in the flesh. Romans chapter one, you, I mean, chapter seven, you see Paul saying, I don't understand the good I want to do. I fight to do it. I can't do it. In moments, I can't do it. And I find that there's a war within me because now as a believer, I now have the Holy Spirit that's wanting to work out that righteousness, that spirit of God within us that's wanting to work out that perfect love in Christ Jesus, that's wanting to be free from that sin. That's why righteousness is at work within you and me that are believers in Jesus Christ. And when our children come to know Christ, by the way, that's the first and most important way that you protect your children from evil is that they have the spirit of God within them. It's why vacation Bible school is important. It's why getting them to Sunday school on Sunday mornings and learning the scripture is important. It's why teaching them the ways of righteousness and that Christ came to save them and that they need him as savior is important. They need as children to accept him as savior, make him Lord and believe that his word is absolute truth. This is crucial for their protection. The Lord Jesus never stops battling on their behalf, and he never stops battling on our behalf. So he is first and foremost at the front of the battle lines. And though our children are being taught and the absolutes of their lives are being removed so that they will not know truth, that's the whole purpose behind that. And so this delusion and this deception will come into their lives not knowing. Life will all be vague. There'll be no absolutes. We get to lay down the absolutes in their life in the truth of the word of God. That's so important. The same thing that Webster's 1828 dictionary did with every word. That's what we get to do in their lives. Like I said, we can go to battle and we can go to war. We can go to the public places and we can do that. But I promise you the difference will be made in your own children's lives, in your homes, as we protect them under God's call from evil and lay down the absolutes in their lives. This is important. You're listening to Grounded. My name is Scott Cates. Where does that bring us to? Do you know Jesus as Savior? That's the first thing that I should ask you now. Have you accepted him as Savior? Have you made him Lord of your life? Have you asked for forgiveness of your sins? And do you trust his word to be absolute truth? Have you absolutely accepted his word as absolute truth?
That's the question I have for you. If not, you can do so right now. You can stop right where you are and say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need you as Savior. I want you to be in charge of my life. I want to follow you. I want the Spirit of God within me that will guide me into all truth so that I don't fall captive to these things. And I need to accept your word as absolute truth. You can stop and and say that to Jesus at any point right at this second. Also today, if you're believers in Jesus Christ, and you may look up and say, wait, I was unaware that the absolutes were being removed. You can get in the game right now. Get in the game of life with your children. Lay down, literally, the truth of the Scripture. Some of you may need need to stop and just talk to your kids. I've run into a lot of parents who say to me, well, you know, I'm going to let them find their own way. I promise you, they're... Right now, they're being influenced in a completely different way. And if you do not speak to your children and stop and tell them about Christ and how important it is to know him and his protection from the things that are coming in their world, folks, we have to do that. For them to come to know Jesus and know him as Savior and love him, accept him as Lord and Savior and his word is the greatest protection that they will have in the future and to work in their life every single day. Parent, grandparent, put down your phone. Look them in the face. Ask them the difficult questions because they're definitely being asked those in the school districts. Get into their lives. They need you, and they need Jesus now more than ever. Thank you for listening to Grounded. My name is Scott Cates. I hope you have a great week. Looking forward to seeing you next Monday.